Welcome to the Everyman's Battle podcast. I'm Steve Arterburn, co-author of the book, Everyman's Battle. In the year 2000, New Life Ministries created the Everyman's Battle Workshop. Now, this workshop's been held monthly ever since, and it's designed to coach and challenge men to better understand their struggles and also how to navigate through those struggles with God's help. The Everyman's Battle podcast contains provocative conversations led by J.J. West and Doug Barnes, their licensed family and marriage counselors, who are also leaders of the Everyman's Battle workshops. Welcome to the Everyman's Battle podcast. I'm J.J. West. I'm here with Doug Barnes, and today we're talking about shame, all different aspects of shame. So, Doug, how do you define shame? A simple definition of shame is a feeling that I have about myself where I feel worthless, unloved, and a sense of brokenness beyond repair. Mm -hmm. This is not just I made a mistake, but this has the the connotation inside of me in my in my innermost being of the fact that I'm broken beyond any repair. Mm-hmm. God can't repair me. Mm-hmm. You can't repair me. I can't repair me. I can't repair me. Mm-hmm. And so it's this this worthless feeling, this self-loathing that I can't in and of myself get out of. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not about my behavior. It's my core identity. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and no matter what behaviors I do and engage in, I don't feel any different at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I still come back to the origin that I'm broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it becomes powerful or not becomes powerful. It is powerful because we were created for relationship. Right. We were created to be in relationship, harmonious relationship with others that is um, building each other up. But shame tells me to do the opposite. Shame tells me to hide because when I feel worthless, when I feel unlovable, when I feel broken beyond repair, I don't want to interact with others. I want to hide. I want to move away from relationship. Right. Yeah. And so from that community aspect, for some of us, that building that community is difficult. Mm-hmm. And so that only perpetuates the shame that I have felt for a while, mm-hmm. which leads us to really where where does it come from? Why have I been feeling shame all these years? Right, right. Well, it's twofold, right? It's because shame is nothing new. It started way, way, way back right. at the beginning, right? As soon as Adam and Eve ate from the tree they weren't supposed to, what did they feel? One of the very first negative emotions that we read about is right. they felt shame. Mm-hmm. And what did they do in response to their shame? They hid. They hid among the trees, and they wanted to cover themselves. Right. So that's the, that's the start of it. But what about in our own lives? Where does the shame start with us? You know, a lot of times um, shame begins for a lot of us in, high, in, in childhood. Mm-hmm. So shame, shame comes in two ways um, that, that really helps us identify with this sense of hiding uh, one of the most obvious is through experiences that I come in contact with, mainly things like neglect, mm-hmm. abuse, um, maybe it could come in the form of bullying, um, 
when someone has some kind of power over me, mm-hmm. whether that's a parent mm-hmm. or a teacher, a coach, a mentor, it could be the older kid down the block mm-hmm. who is two or three or four years older than me. I mean, mm-hmm. that it, it, it comes out in a position of power. Mm-hmm. And so when I feel powerless, I am more likely to have that feeling of shame mm-hmm. as a way of experiencing whatever the situation is that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. The other way that shame manifests itself is by what I see in my house growing up. Mm-hmm. What have I experienced just as I look back over my family of origin, I had experiences that I that I witnessed that as a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, I, my 10-year-old brain could only make sense of it at a 10-year-old level. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think like I do now as an adult. Right. So if I'm seven years old, I've only got seven years worth of intellect to make sense <laughs> of a situation that right. could be going on in my house that I don't understand fully. Mm-hmm. Like my older brother who wets the bed mm-hmm. – And my mom takes the sheets out and and hangs them in the front yard for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting back watching this as my brother goes to his closet, shuts the door, and Mm -hmm. locks it behind him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't come out for hours. Right? Maybe um, there's an alcoholic parent who comes home and – goes after, you know, my mom mm-hmm. or goes after one of the kids mm-hmm. and starts publicly ridiculing them for mm-hmm. something that's we would see as not not worth the punishment. Right. Right. But there's this humiliation, there's this embarrassment publicly. Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching that as a 5-year-old or 7-year-old, 10-year-old, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to do that. Mhm. Ever. Right. I'll make sure I never experience that. Right. That pain. Because I see mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. and it scares me or it terrifies me mm-hmm. or it makes me anxious, a lot of anxiety maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching this unfold. And so in my mind, I'm making a game plan so that I don't get caught in that situation because mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want that to happen to me. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And those are more obvious, clearly. Uh, shame, shameful situations, but sometimes shame comes in a much more subtle package, where the behavior or the interaction with others does not look harsh, does not look um, uh, like it's attacking. Like you know, with mm-hmm. the you know the mom who's hanging the the urine stained sheets in the front yard is trying to cause shame the the alcoholic parent who is ridiculing or humiliating is is trying to cause shame a lot of times shame shows up in ways that the person that's evoking the shame had no intention to to mm-hmm. cause shame mm-hmm. had no intention to to bring about shame i think about in my story you know i had a dad who was this you know, major athlete uh, in high school and college and and even beyond that, even into the Navy. And, you know, I was the only son, <laughs> you know, uh, and I did not follow in his footsteps, uh, athletically speaking. Now, my dad never once said to me, you know, your worth, your value is in how well you play X sport. That never happened. But I still felt it. I still felt mm. like, oh, I don't measure up here. 
I'm not, I'm not valuable enough. I'm not worthy enough for his love and attention because I don't, I don't, I don't measure up in this way. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so a lot of times it's not even, it's not even the, the obvious, like the abandonment, abuse, neglect kind of stuff. Sometimes it's these really subtle ways that shame shows up. Maybe even in, you know, you're, you're hanging out with the friends from the neighborhood or the, the, the guys on the team and the, what they think of you, <laughs> what, right. what, how they view you is so important to you. And if you think that they don't view you well, right there, shame shows up again. I'm not, I'm not good enough to be well-respected and desirable in this scenario. Right? Even though nothing bad may happen in that moment. In that moment, right. That covert shame that's mm-hmm. underneath the surface that, that's just bubbling. It's just right. simmering right there. Mm-hmm. Right. That sometimes we don't, we don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when I feel that shame and it's, and it's painful, I don't like it. I don't like feeling worthless. I don't like feeling unloved. I don't like feeling broken beyond repair. It's, it's painful to sit with that. I want to, I want to get away from that. I want to escape. Mm. I want to, I want to turn that off for a little while. Right. And, you know, for a lot of us, the guys that, you know, we, we work with and the guys that we are, uh, <laughs> You know, what we did is we went to some sort of like sexual acting out behavior as a way to escape, as a way to kind of numb, as a way to hide from that feeling of shame for a while. And it worked for whatever for whatever for while, time period right, right. that I was acting out and kind of even the lead up to it, I was able to escape from that feeling of shame for a little bit. Unfortunately, right after I was done, I felt that shame come crashing back in again. And and it even felt even stronger because now I not only do I feel the shame that I was trying to run away from, but now I also feel shame around whatever behavior I was using to escape from it. And so I feel that shame all over again. We call that the addiction cycle, right? Right. Where I just and I go around that behavior again and again and again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We learned that our our acting out behavior as we grew up offset that ugly feeling mm-hmm. of shame. Oh, Yeah. I would I would loathe just the fact that I did all of that. And so my acting out behavior came and rescued me for a mm-hmm. few minutes mm-hmm. to oh, yeah. where I felt significant. Mm-hmm. I felt worth something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I didn't have that that weight on my back of just the horrible not being able to measure up, not being mm-hmm. good enough, mm-hmm. not being powerful enough. And and so that was great, like you said, up until the time that I realized that, oh, that shame's feeling is back because after I get through acting out or Dang after it. I get through with some of the behavior, here it comes again. Mm-hmm. And now I have a decision to make. What, what do I do? How do I offset mm-hmm. that again? Well, mm-hmm. my, my brain and my body know where to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know what makes me feel better even if it's for just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. I will take that chance to go to that place, that behavior, that person, that place or thing that offsets that shame, mm-hmm. that, that feeling of just disgust in myself mm-hmm. that I've been feeling for however many days right. in my life. Right. And I start to look forward to it. It's like this little vacation. Like my, you know, I'm, I'm carrying around this 
tremendous weight of shame all the time, but I know I can escape from it for a little bit. And I start kind of, you know, <laughs> looking forward to it, planning around it. And then now my, my life starts to be centered around these moments of being able to escape. Right. Yeah. And escape is a great way to say it mm -hmm. because we are called to be in reality and to, to be present mm -hmm. yet through my life, I learned how to detach and to not be present in this moment. Right. And I reinforced it over and over and over and over. Absolutely. Yet when I know I needed to be working on the car, I needed to be studying my homework. I needed to be, you know, fixing the dishwasher, what, whatever it may be, I was offsetting my pain. Mm hmm and 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 for a lot of us and and you know this for a lot of us we don't even know we're in pain mm. it doesn't feel like you know i i cut my finger ouch mm -hmm. that hurts mm -hmm. but but we've lived with this a lot of us anyway have lived with this this inside covert pain for so long that we don't we don't define it as pain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we define it as just my life just yeah this is just the way it is this is the way it is right so that i don't have to feel Sadness. I don't have to feel grief. Mm -hmm. I don't have to feel loneliness. Mm -hmm. I don't have to feel abandonment or rejection right. or a whole host of other negative emotions. Right. I can go right to my acting out behavior, whatever it is, and knowing that on the back side of it, I'm going to have this this weight put back on me again. Mm -hmm. That I'm going to just. It's almost like a weighted blanket. Mm -hmm. That. The shame after after acting out, I just pull that blanket back over me and mm -hmm. just crawl back in mm -hmm. to hide more. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm hiding more and more and more until I'm completely isolated. Right. And that's where a lot of us feel. Yeah. It's just completely isolated. Yeah. Which, interestingly enough, when we think about what do we do instead, right? So we painted a pretty bleak picture here. <laughs> this this is not good. Right. This way of living, this you know, living in shame – Letting shame kind of be in control of my life is not a pretty picture, but what do I do instead? How can I possibly have anything different since I've been doing this for so long? This is all I know. How could I do anything different? Because the solution is to actually engage in relationship, to be fully present, but shame tells me to hide. Right. I don't want to be fully present. I don't want to – be my authentic self because I'm certain that you will reject my authentic self. Mm. I put on the mask. I'm not fully present. I hide. Shane keeps telling me to do that. So how do I get out of this? Well, you're telling me, JJ, that the thing that I have to do <laughs> to get out of this is to is to be real, is to do the very thing the shame is telling me not to do, to yeah. unmask, to be in authentic relationship with someone. And that's a risk. That's a huge risk. I don't want to do that. I don't – who would I even – who would I even begin to open up to right. to take that risk? Right. That seems really, really scary. And it's scary to me because I don't want to be authentic. I've learned how to hide, and that's my life now. Mm -hmm. And for me to have the courage to open up to you is not a chance I'm willing to take mm, mm. because what will you think of me? Mm -hmm. Will you reject me like people did in my childhood? 
in my grade school, in mm-hmm. my middle school, in mm-hmm. my high school, my college. Right. On, they, my, on that team, on in that troop, in that – Right. Right, yeah. right. All over my life, mm-hmm. there's been this I need to take care of myself, mm-hmm. which takes me back to me being the most important person in my life, <laughs> rather than – Understanding that the way out of this is community mm-hmm. and to, to be able to take that risk and to find that one, first one safe person mm-hmm. that I can open up to. Maybe it's uh, somebody that I trust explicitly if there's anybody like that mm-hmm. and and start looking for ways to be real, open, mm-hmm. authentic. You know, I, I heard a great quote um, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it has to do with, you know, if you're scared about doing something, then just do it afraid. Mm. Mm. And so I can be afraid. Yeah. But for me to lean in and engage right. is so important. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's something I'm trying to do even now mm-hmm. is that when there's something scary, you know what? I'm going to do it afraid, but I'm yeah, still going to do I'm it. I'm still going to do it. But I'm I still going to do it. let fear Correct. control me and rob me of this experience. Right. Yeah. Right. And so we could say, I'm not going to let shame control me and rob me of the experience of authentic connection. Right. Yeah. Because that's the very thing that we were created for is mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God can. God created us that way. Right. And yet we try to circumvent that with, you know, I love me more than I want to help be engaged mm-hmm. and being connected to others. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he never meant us to just love ourselves. Right. He meant us to be in community so that we can serve mm-hmm. and that we can be a part of a group. Right. And so what if if you were if you were looking at this from a a different direction, how would you help someone really tackle this i i want to be isolated and alone yet you're telling me to connect argument mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i would start with my own story i would share with them when i finally got real when i finally chose to risk chose to face that fear um that authentic relationship on the other side was way better than living in isolation and hiding. So you're saying it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. So I would share from my own story. And, and when you when you are in conversation with someone that you trust and they say, hey, this is a good thing. You should do this, right? They're talking about the, you know, the latest air fryer or they're talking about, um, you know, some, some mountaintop experience or they're talking about, hey, living in authentic relationship is worth the risk. You trust them. And you, and you try it yourself. I know in previous podcasts you've shared how just having someone take the risk of being vulnerable with you invited you to then be vulnerable. Right. Right. So I would start with my own story and my own experience of, hey, it's worth it. And then I would talk about like the things that we talk about at the workshop mm. that when you – we create – we create what's called the no shame zone at the workshop, right? That no matter what you're bringing in, no matter what your story is, you are not going to be shamed here. This is a safe place to tell your story. I would I would be emphatic with the person <laughs> that our conversation and our relationship is a no shame zone that they can share. There's nothing they could share with me 
There's nothing they could say to me that would make me go, oh, mm, that's too much. Right. I could love you up to this point, but ooh, what you just shared, that's, that's too far. There is nothing. This is a no shame zone. Um, and, and then inviting them into replicating that in other relationships. Hmm. There's, a, I, I think, probably a large percentage of the audience that might be saying, okay, what you're saying sounds good. Right. <laughs> I'd like that, but I don't even have the first clue who I would talk to. Who would I go to? Who, I don't know anyone in my life that I trust enough to take that risk with. Well, then I would say, hey, you probably ought to sign up for the Everman's Battle Workshop because not only is it a place where you're going to experience a no-shame zone, you're actually going to get introduced to a whole community of safe men, safe men who will hear your story and respond with compassion and respond with um, encouragement and respond by pointing you to the Father who loves you way beyond anything you can imagine. And that you're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone in this journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. Very that good. so important. So as always, we invite you to call 1-800-NEW-LIFE to learn more of how you can enter into these authentic relationships. Take the risk of being known and being loved. We'll see you next time. If you need help with sexual integrity, call New Life Ministries at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or go to newlife.com. 